Welcome to Your Badass Brain, the podcast that uses coaching, psychology, and simple neuroscience to arm you with the knowledge and tools to get from where you are now to where you really want to be. And here's your host, professional certified coach, April Oswald, to help you get the most from your badass brain. Hey there, everybody. How's it going? Uh, How have you been feeling? Or should I say, have you been feeling? And by that, I mean, have you been paying more attention to your emotions? And have you started to see how they're really just physical sensations in your body? And if you listened to my last episode, then you know exactly what I mean. And if you didn't, then you're probably thinking, what do you mean emotions or physical sensations? Like, what in the hell is is this woman talking about? And believe me, you wouldn't be the first one to have that thought. But uh, my last episode was all about what our emotions really are, what causes them, and the idea that you can feel bad in order to feel better, and that there are real benefits to being able and willing to experience your negative emotions. Now, in this episode, um, I want to build on that a bit and elaborate on what some of those benefits are and highlight how reacting to or resisting your emotions could be the only thing holding you back from creating all of the results that you want to have in your life. So if you have been making the effort to feel your emotions, how has that experience been for you? Uncomfortable at all? Enlightening? Has it been somewhat freeing as it allows you to see that emotions on their own actually can't hurt you? In fact, what is the worst emotion that you could imagine? Grief, terror, utter humiliation, whatever it is, even that emotion cannot hurt you. Even that is just chemicals that cause physical sensations in your body based on the thoughts that you think. It is not the emotion that causes your pain or your suffering or that mental struggle. It is your thoughts. And you get to choose the thoughts that you want to believe, or you can just let your brain operate on autopilot, unsupervised. And your brain is producing thoughts constantly throughout your life, right? It's nearly impossible to get it to stop unless you're some sort of master meditator guru god or something like that, which I can tell you I most definitely am not. But if you're a mere mortal like me and your brain just never seems to shut off, then it is always thinking and always creating some level of emotion in your body. And you can view those emotions as your body's way of alerting you to the thoughts that you are currently thinking. If you pay attention to those alerts, and if you truly see that it is only those thoughts that determine how you feel, and not the circumstances outside your brain. Emotions don't just show up because of what somebody else did or said, or because of what you saw on the news, or because you didn't get that promotion, or even because somebody you love passes away. They show up because of what you think of those things because of the thoughts that your brain produces when it takes in the details of those circumstances and runs them through your default programming. And sometimes those thoughts produce emotions that feel good, and other times those thoughts produce emotions that feel like crap, like emotions that cause us misery. 
And one of the main things that perpetuates our misery or our emotional struggle and keeps us from creating the life we really want is the belief that we shouldn't experience negative emotion. The thought that we should be happy all of the time. The thought that we aren't supposed to feel bad. And then the constant striving to be happy that that leads to. When I ask people what they want most in their lives, so many people tell me that they just want to be happy. And if they tell me they want something like lots of money or they want their family to be healthy or any other goal, and I ask them why, the answer always comes down to the fact that they want what they want because they believe that it will make them happy. We all want to be happy. In fact, I'd go so far as to say that we spend most of our lives on this quest for happiness. And of course, there's nothing wrong with wanting to be happy, except that wanting to be happy all of the time only ends up causing us pain because it's not possible. As human beings on this planet, our lives are meant to be positive and negative. We are meant to experience sadness and joy, disappointment and excitement, right? Sickness and health, pleasure and pain. Life is full of contrasts. It's supposed to be. It is the human experience. And, And what if that, if you knew that, like what if that's what you expected? What if you accepted that life is 50-50 and that you aren't meant to be on this constant strive for happiness, that you are meant to experience negative emotion half of the time. If you believe that, how would it change the way that you think when you do feel negative emotion? If you just knew that, well, I'm going to feel bad 50% of the time, would that help you be more willing to just allow those emotions when they happen? Or do you find yourself pushing back against that idea, like resisting it and thinking that, no, you know, my life should be more heavily weighted toward the positive? Because I just want to offer that not accepting that life is 50-50 is what causes a lot of our suffering. And in fact, it can push our lives more towards the negative side. Imagine what it would be like to feel disappointment embarrassment, sadness, remorse, whatever it is, and just think, oh yeah, no problem. This is just that negative 50. To not make it mean that anything has gone wrong. To just allow it and not be in a hurry to make it go away. After all, what is the problem with any of those emotions? Why are we so reluctant to feel them? Take something like anger, for instance, though this holds true for whatever emotion, and especially ones that can feel as intense as anger can. Anger is an emotion that many people don't really allow. They either react to it or resist it, which is different than allowing it. And I think we all know what it can look like when somebody reacts from anger. It can be passive and they completely cut themselves off, or it can be active, where they rage and yell and say hurtful things, or sometimes even resort to violence. And now remember the model, which is the coaching tool that I introduced in episode one. Two of the steps in the model are that all of our actions are driven by our emotions and that it is our actions that creates our results. So when we take action from a place of anger, when we react to anger, we do not end up creating our desired result. 
And our base brain doesn't care about the results that we want. It is our badass brain that has goals and wants certain things for us, for our lives. It's only our badass brain that wants us to thrive. Our base brains only care that we survive. And to our brains, survival means maintaining balance in our bodies. So when the base brain senses the physical sensations that we experience as anger, it then instructs us to take action to alleviate those sensations and bring our bodies back into balance. Now, sometimes in the moment, it works. Sometimes in the moment, when we take actions from a place of anger, like when we yell or we attack someone, we do feel better for a short time. But we also end up sabotaging the results that we really want, even if we aren't aware that this is what we are doing. And the opposite of reacting from anger is resisting anger, ignoring those sensations or that gut feeling that are trying to alert you to something about the thoughts that you are thinking. So you put on a happy face and pretend that nothing is wrong. And this is the way that I used to operate. Anger seemed like a really scary emotion. I was afraid of how I might respond if I really let myself be angry. I was afraid that I would lose it, right? That I might do or say something that I really didn't want to do or say. And especially as a girl or a woman, showing anger is not seen as a desirable thing, though I know plenty of men that are in the same boat. So we resist the anger because it seems too dangerous, right? We worry that if we give into it, right? Or if we give into any intense emotion, we'll get sucked into some deep hole and never get out. We make sure not to go there and we get pretty good at shoving it away when it does threaten to show up. And this may seem like the better option to then reacting from anger, but it's not. Because repressed emotions, emotions that we ignore, they don't go away. They stay in our bodies and they get heavier and heavier to carry around. And we end up weighed down and depressed. Or else we end up anxious from that buildup of emotional energy that we haven't allowed our bodies to process. And this too holds us back from creating our best lives. When we're reacting from an emotion or resisting it, we are not uncovering the thoughts that are actually causing it. And in fact, we're almost always blaming somebody or something else for why we feel the way we do. And if that's what you're doing, you are giving away your emotional power. But there is a third option, and that is to allow your emotion. And by allow, I mean to acknowledge it fully and let it exist. Let it be there. Pay attention to where it is in your body and to what it feels like. Sit in that discomfort, acknowledging the emotion and allowing your body to process those physical sensations, knowing that they won't hurt you and knowing that they will pass. In fact, and this is a really cool thing, some neuroscience studies have shown that our bodies can process the chemicals that cause our emotions in about 90 seconds. In other words, if once you felt an emotion come on, you could kind of flip this switch that would stop your brain from producing any further thoughts, that emotion would be gone in a minute and a half. That's pretty crazy, right? 
Because in reality, that isn't what happens because we aren't able to stop our brains from thinking. But what we can do when we are willing to allow an emotion is to use it to our advantage, to use that emotion as a trigger to turn on our badass brains to observe the thoughts that are causing it, to look under the hood of the base brain to understand the default thoughts that are bringing on that emotion and to question them, to decide if we want to keep those automatic thoughts, if we want to keep buying into them, or if we want to change them, if we want to replace them with thoughts that we purposely choose, thoughts that will create the emotions that will drive more productive actions and allow us to feel a heck of a lot better in the process. When you develop a skill of allowing your emotions, then you don't need to be concerned about how you might react to them because you won't need to react. You won't take the actions that sabotage the results you ultimately want because you won't be in such a hurry to escape the emotion. You may even welcome it as an amazing opportunity to learn more about your brain. Let me just illustrate this with a quick example. I was speaking with somebody, and I'm going to call him James, who told me that he was really pissed off because he'd spent a bunch of time at work coming up with a new business idea, but that management barely even acknowledged it. He told me that they always ask for ideas, and then they never really consider what people come up with, and that he's wasting his time because they are always just going to keep doing things their own way. Now, he told me the story as if it were simply his circumstance, as if everything he was telling me was fact, but it wasn't. The only thing that was a fact was that he had submitted an idea to management and they decided not to use it. Everything else was just his thoughts, what his brain was making everything mean. And when he was thinking, I'm wasting my time because they always just do things their own way, he felt angry. But that thought is optional. When operating on autopilot, James assumes that the reason for his anger is because management turned down his idea. But like every circumstance, that's neutral and it cannot cause an emotion. What is causing his anger is his thought. The thought that I am wasting my time because they always just do things their own way. And again, on autopilot, He is believing this as if it's simply the fact, simply the circumstance. But it is just a thought, a completely optional thought. It's just the prediction that his base brain is making when it tries to make sense out of the circumstance. But when James isn't using his badass brain to observe it, he just accepts it as the truth and he feels angry. Again, Management declining his idea is completely neutral. It's just something that happened in the world. It means nothing until his brain makes it mean something. And it's likely that some of you listening are thinking, well, of course that's not neutral. You know, of course somebody's going to be upset if their idea is declined. But stick with me here because this is where our base brains can get us into all sorts of trouble. They try to convince us that what they are thinking is the truth. And if we automatically buy into the thought, we then go and find all of the evidence to prove the thought true. Our base brains are desperate to be right. 
And if they can't find that evidence, then we end up creating it ourselves, which is exactly what self-sabotage is. We take actions that end up creating a result that supports our default thought, and then we use that result as further evidence to prove the thought true. In this example, like with James, when he thinks that he's wasting his time because management always does things their own way, he feels angry. And when he feels angry, he shows up differently at work. He complains about management. He thinks about quitting. He avoids a conversation to truly understand their decision and and so many other things. And none of them lead to the result that he ultimately wants. I mean, the reason James even came up with a new idea in the first place, the reason it even matters to him is because he wants to be recognized by management as adding value. But the thought that he is wasting his time and that management always does their own thing is leading to actions that are creating the opposite of adding value. Management is not going to see value in actions that are being driven by anger. And then James will just use that as evidence that, see, what I thought about management was right, right? They, they don't see the value I add. They're just going to do things their own way. Can you see that, right? Does that make sense to you? Now, imagine if in this same exact circumstance, James thought, my ideas always add value. It's a simple change in thought, right? From I'm wasting my time to my ideas always add value. Now, that thought would not create a feeling of anger. It would create something different. Maybe he would feel excited or motivated. And either of these emotions feels a lot better than anger. But it's not just about feeling better. It's also strategic. It's also about getting your desired result. If instead of thinking, I'm wasting my time, James thought, my ideas always add value, and he felt motivation rather than anger, he would show up differently. His brain would look for all of the evidence to prove itself correct. And he would see how his ideas really have added value and how they really do add value, even if management declines them. And he would keep coming up with ideas and he would show up more positively at work. And there would be a much, much greater chance that those actions would lead to management recognizing his value. Simply thinking a different thought, changing that one small sentence that you choose to believe, makes a huge difference both in how you feel and in the results that you create. And I've said this before and will say it many times again. You get to think whatever you want. Your badass brain allows you to override any thought that your default programming offers you. And it doesn't even matter if 99 out of 100 people would agree with that default thought. You still don't have to believe it. It still isn't a fact. It's still just a thought. And you get to choose whatever thoughts lead to the results that you want in your life. But when we are oblivious to our emotions and what is causing them, or when we ignore them or react to them, we miss out on that opportunity. When we learn to recognize our emotions and the physical sensations that cause them, and we understand that everything else that accompanies emotions are simply our thoughts, simply the story our brain is telling us, then we can strategically choose how we want to feel by choosing what we think. 
we can use our negative emotion as a red flag to alert us to look more closely at those base brain thoughts and to decide if those thoughts actually serve us and the results that we want or if they may be holding us back or even self-sabotaging. So while it may seem like a soft, fluffy, hippie thing to think about sitting with your emotions, it's actually an incredibly powerful thing to do, even from a strategic sense, because of the insight that they can provide into that default programming. And you can do it in hindsight as well. You can think of a time where you felt some intense emotion or where you acted in a way that you later regretted. What was the circumstance? What thoughts did you have about that circumstance that you just automatically believed without question? Does thinking those thoughts now create any level of that same emotion? And where in your body do you feel that emotion? Doing this kind of practice, and it is a practice, helps you to develop the skill of feeling emotions. And the better you get at it, the more you'll be able to recognize your emotions in the moment when they happen so that you won't react to them or ignore them or repress them. You can just let them be there and even appreciate them as an opportunity to get that insight on how your brain is thinking so that you can be more deliberate in choosing the thought that will lead to the life that you want to be living. And the more you practice allowing your emotions, the more you build that emotional muscle, the stronger you become, and the more your negative emotions lose the power they hold over you. So yes, life will still be 50-50, but those emotions that cause you so much misery and suffering now will become much more tolerable and much less uncomfortable than they are right now. And when they become more tolerable, when you know that you can handle any emotion, that is when you can truly make the changes and go after all of the things that you want in your life. If there is no emotion that you are unwilling to feel, then there is no action that you will be unwilling to take. And then you can decide what actions do you need to take to achieve your goals. And you can see where it's just your emotions or your fear of possible emotions that have kept you from taking those actions up to this point. And then you can go for it, knowing that the worst thing that can happen is just the emotion that you'll feel. And you can feel any emotion. And another amazing thing that happens is that when you get comfortable with your own emotions, you become a lot more comfortable with other people's emotions. You start to allow other people to experience their emotions without the need to fix them. And you start to understand that it is their thoughts and not you that is responsible for anyone else's emotions. You are just a circumstance in other people's lives. And circumstances do not create emotions. This is another big component to emotional intelligence and to communication and to relationships, both personal and professional. And it can just be a huge game changer in so many areas of your life. And it's a really big one if you're a people pleaser. Like if you often do things you don't really want to do because you're trying to keep everyone else happy. And I spent so much of my life as a people pleaser 
And oh my gosh, the relief that has come from letting go of that has been incredible. But we need an entire episode for this topic, and I promise that I'm going to be doing one sometime soon. And I want to close by saying that I know it isn't always easy to just choose a different thought and believe it, especially when we have been thinking one way our entire lives. We're overriding programming that has been in place for a long time. We're deliberately rewiring our neural networks, recoding that base programming to produce new output. But I'm telling you from firsthand experience and from what I've witnessed in so many others that it can be done. You can learn how to believe new thoughts. And when you believe new thoughts, you open up a world of new possibilities. And in my next episode, uh, I'm going to talk about how you can go about doing this, how you can learn to believe new thoughts, including a bit of the neuroscience behind how our brains get wired to think the way they do. So please subscribe to the podcast so that you'll be among the first to get the new episode when it is released. And if you're willing, please rate the podcast. It's really easy to do, especially if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, where you just have to scroll down the page where you play the episode from and click on some stars, preferably five. And until next time, keep on using your badass brain. Bye for now.